ever stop riffing off the James Bond, Kathy Bond thing? I guess not. They're no. just going to keep making James Bond movies forever, apparently. Yes, because I know I always get, oh, are you James Bond's wife? <laughs> I bet you never heard that before. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Both of my brothers, especially with my one, we were at the licks and somebody said, do you have a golden gun? <laughs> oh my God. People are so cheesy. I know, but I like my last name. You've got a good last name, too. It's all right. I used your last name in my novel. Did you really? Uh-huh. You won't give me your more re- most recent sure I will. version. Well, give it to me. Okay. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Go. Now that your name is in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the love object's last name. Ooh. Ooh la la. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about this new technology, which I think is interesting and also a little bit freaky. It's called Predict Gaze, all one word, and it's software that you can basically put on electronics with front-facing cameras, and so basically does things like track, tracks your eyeballs, recognizes your face, and so forth. So <laughs> the possible use cases they suggest here is having it on the TV, where the TV would automatically pause when you get up to get a beer out of the fridge or whatever, or it can also recognize certain gestures Another interesting example of what they give uh, is that it could dim the lights that your device is emitting when you dim the lights in your room. Jabba the Hut. Jabba oh, the Hut. I, <laughs> I, I still remember having to get up to change the television channel. I know, no more. You'll just be blinking your way. You won't be moving anymore. Blinking. Yeah. So those are some of the uh, use cases for the consumer point of view, but also there are these other kinds of ideas of how you could use it, for instance, in advertising or in gathering data about um, the user. Like if you go to the website, they have all these things about how you could detect the age and the gender of the user, which might be useful for outdoor advertising, targeting advertising. You could see like what people were responding to, what was making people smile, right? Yeah, so, and then also when people got up when they were bored. Yes, exactly. And it reminded me of a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about those Kindle cereals, you know, the idea that you would yes. have like the new Dickens coming out with these cereals and get um, information from people on how they were reading stuff. And I think that as we have more and more of these things where we don't just buy the device and, and take it home and that's the end of it, we're getting more and more of these cases where you purchase a thing, you purchase your Kindle, you purchase your ebook on your Kindle, but the the ebook continues to have a relationship with Amazon, right? Or you have your eye tracking thing on the television, which continues to have a relationship with, with you, you, right? So that's, that's I weird. Think is, it is. <laughs> you don't. You have a major relationship with your television set. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> so there's that, and then there's also I think the furthering of facial detection and facial recognition technology, which we're starting to see a lot more, which is also interesting and simultaneously creepy. And I think that we're actually going to see more of it. And I also think the other thing that I thought was interesting about this as a kind of canary in the coal mine thing is the growth of interfaces that aren't based around touch, but that are based around things like eye movement and body movement. Yeah, because you've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. I thought it was a neat technology. I thought it was kind of creepy at the same time. Just because the idea of having a camera on you while you're well, yeah, because you never know home. who else is watching. You think, oh, okay, it's just going to be, you know, Panasonic, or maybe, and then Panasonic's advertisers may be watching it, which is creepy enough. But what's going to stop the government from watching it? What's going to stop, you know, 
Well, they say that the information chaos. that was <laughs> chaos and control watching what you do. They say that the information that would go back to companies would all be anonymized and rather than it's not going to be like somebody That's actually what they always say. <laughs> it's not going to be somebody actually looking at you, Kathy Bond and recording every time you're smiling. But anyway. But the first thing I did when I made a note on this was, okay, what about the commercials? Yeah, see, it's right here in big, no. What about the commercials? What about the commercials? Because that's where they make make their money. But you're right, I never thought it through to the point of they could track your behavior. So maybe maybe we wouldn't have to have commercials. Meaning, why? Yeah, we would. Well, then where are they going to put the commercials? Like, if you can get up, if you can close your eyes and go, beep, beep, beep. Anytime a commercial oh, comes yeah, on, yeah, that's it. an interesting question. Yeah, maybe the way it would be organized is like when you come back and you unpause it, it still carries on and shows you the ads. Maybe if the commercials are embedded in, in your eyes, in your eyes, <laughs> yeah. No, because it's always about you. Always have to think about okay, where's the money going to come from? Okay, so you I have a have... zany, zany story. It's problematic on a few levels. <laughs> a few <laughs> practicality. But, okay, well, you know, this is actually this came out of a, a competition to see who could come up with an answer to New York's High Line. Mm-hmm. Which is the park that is in an old railway. railway. Yeah. Comes, r- runs city. in a line along a big chunk of the city. So what they have sort of through the center is the old Regent's Canal system in London, in England. Mm-hmm. And it used to be used in the industrial age to sort of ferry um, certain raw materials from place to place to place. Okay. And what they're doing now, though, is that they want to clean it up and they want to turn it in, so, so you've got still have the boats, like it's like these cute little channel boats that go through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you have still the little boats can go through, but also there's a lane that's devoted to swimming. <laughs> so that in the summer you can commute, you can swim to work, and they've got like little um, little showering stations and things like mm-hmm. that. I don't know, what do you do? Like, put your, like, suit on your head when you're swimming your head? Swim with one hand while you've got your suit with you. And, but I love this, though. In the winter, you could skate. Yeah, I love that idea of skating. I mean, I thought, well, this is crazy, of course, because, but what first of all, it's it? only about 12 degrees in England in the summertime I know, anyway. I like, and I don't think it ever freezes. Does it freeze in the winter? I don't know. It, it famously froze, um, the Thames famously froze, like, in Elizabethan times, but you can hardly count on that, can you? Anyway, yeah. maybe, maybe they would artificially freeze it or something but I loved the spirit of it I mean I I've been to the High Line in New York City and I love that yeah, idea everybody of loves that park um, and I lo- also love the idea of repurposing things from the industrial era and bringing our history back yeah. to us in a way yeah, I, I mean that. in Toronto all we ever seem to do is turn them into condos right it would be interesting to think of all the different ways you could do it and whatever you say about the distillery district here you know I never go there but at least it has made the history of Gooderman Moore's distillery, like it's brought it to life for some people in a way, right? And I think in Toronto, it always seems like perpetually new, like the history is not present and how people used to use the city was not. In fact, when I was just making some notes on this, I ended up learning that there was a whole other neighborhood called the wards behind Old yes. City Hall, which you yeah. knew about, I guess, because you were it, researching this is my, it for your Yes, book. and my novel has it. Yeah. yeah. The wards is fascinating what went on in there. And that's where they packed in all the immigrants and, you know. Yeah. And that's where the, um, the hobo jungles were during the hmm. Great Depression. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But it's true. We know nothing about Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, when I was at the Biennale, I saw something else that they are doing in London. They really like what they've done in the Netherlands and what they do with their canal systems. So what they're doing is, is they've got, imagine that you, know, you had like a raft with a little motor on the end of it and just a couple of lawn chairs and a picnic <laughs> basket and a couple of pals. And maybe mm-hmm. you, but you have your little raft, 
moored down by Cherry Beach or wherever, mm -hmm. and you go down and you actually have a little bit of, it's almost like a little bit of movable cottage space that you can oh. get the motor going and then you can go out to the middle of the lake and have a picnic. I love that. Can, That's a great that cool? idea. Isn't cool? But yeah. it's, it's so, so lo-fi. It's just mm -hmm. like, you know, like a Huck Finn raft yeah. with a little um, Evinrude mm -hmm. motor on the back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We should go swimming next year. We could yeah. do a, a remote, a spark remote from <laughs> Cherry <laughs> Beach. <laughs> I guess, is that it? That's it. Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more. The sniffer. Dot net. Bye. Bye.